What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Report's college football and NFL draft podcast. I am your host, Matt Miller. Joined once again, we got the trio together, Mello riding shotgun, and Connor, our boy in Hoboken. I mean, I think this is the best trio in all of sports. It's it's almost like Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh here. It's just... So my LeBron? Sure, yeah. You can be in <laughs> You can be if you <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah. Take him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the big, the new big three, the stick to football big three. I, I think like my office is decorated in like old football pictures, and so like I think we're more like Roger Craig, Jerry Rice, and Joe Montana. Yeah, but you're not a Niners fan. I'm not anymore. So there are no tr- there's no Chiefs or Jets trilogy that we can really throw to. I mean, what we Mahomes, Kareem, and Ty? I don't want that. No, like, I'm good. I don't, <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want that. So uh, Keyshawn, Corbett, and Testaverde. There oh, we go. I got to have Curtis Martin in there. You are so Wayne Corbett. <laughs> yep, I know. It's, it's perfect. Oh, this show gets weird. Um, all right, this is Stick to Football, Bleach Report's NFL Draft Podcast. And if you have not heard, we want you to know that you can come hang out with us Tuesday of Draft Week. In our New York City office, it's right in Midtown. So that's Tuesday, April twenty third at Connor at six o'clock. Is that right? Yeah, at six. Yeah, it'll be Eastern time, PM. Don't come in the morning. We won't be there. Come hang out with us. We're gonna have an open bar. We're gonna have some food. We're gonna record the podcast. It's limited to, I believe, the first seventy five people. Is that right? So yeah, we'll have it a, will eventually close off. We right. don't. Uh, we don't work in. Central Park. We have an yeah. actual closed space. So, yeah, yeah uh, it's a cool 75. space. And we want you guys to see it. We want to meet you. We want to hang out with you. I will be tweeting out a link. We'll put it out on the stick to football account very soon as well. So um, be looking to forward to that. But I wanted to get a time out there because we were unsure of that the last time we talked to you guys. So uh, pay attention to that. And then uh, for draft weekend, Thursday night and Friday night, Connor, myself and Adam Lefko, the Lefko show will be breaking down every pick grading it, giving you analysis, and then on Saturday morning, do it, Mello. It's Stick to Football time Saturday morning. Mello, Connor, and myself taking you through rounds four and five, and then Connor and I grading every team's draft. So we got you covered. You can stream those live uh, on Bleacher Report's Twitter, YouTube, and the BR app. So I know that's a lot of information we're throwing at you guys. We'll tweet all this out uh, if if I ran through it too fast, but it is going to be a wild week. We're going to have shows for you every day getting you ready for the 2019 draft and then shows after the draft as well. uh, Letting you know how we felt about what your team did. Very team specific type information. But tonight shows a fun one. We got Dawson Knox. He and I sat down earlier today and talked. We're debuting a new segment that Mello came up with. We told you about it on Wednesday. It's called Tell Me Something Good, Mello. Tell the people what, what this is. Well, basically, and we look for feedback all the time. What can we do better here at Stick to Football? And, uh, it seems to be that a lot of people don't like the fact that we shit on their team sometimes, <laughs> uh, especially you, Matt. So what we're going to do here is with Tell Me Something Good, we're going to go in on some of the people or teams that we have been kind of hard on lately. Uh, so for me this week, I'm actually going to take Daniel Jones because I've been a little little tough on old DJ. So I'm going to tell you something good about Daniel Jones this week. Matt, you got DK Metcalf. And Connor's going to take Rashawn Gary this week. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get to some buzz first, though. I want to start with some self-serving buzz. I'm going to be like ESPN, and I'm going to take my opinion, and we're going to make it news, okay? My big board comes out Friday morning. When you guys are listening to this, get in the BR app and look for the scouting notebook. I have an updated big board in there for you. Sitting atop that big board, gentlemen, is Quinnen Williams. Oh. For the first time. Number one. First time all year. 
I have a new number one. And it came down to as we were doing draft 400 and we had to, like I said, we got to put grades on these guys. You got to really like, like, like I told Connor, it's not cutting time. Quentin Williams, in my opinion, is the best player in this class. So at pick number two, then would you be happy with Quentin Williams or do you still want him to go Nick Bosa? I would be happy with Quentin Williams. Very happy because I think he and DeForest Buckner would just, um, to be crass, fuck shit up. And it would be amazing. Like I, it would be like, Unlike anything, I mean, Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue were pretty close to that. Um, they were pretty good. I still like Nick Bosa. I, I like Nick Bosa a lot. He's my number two player. And here's the whole reasoning. And I, I like bounced this off a bunch of people in the NFL because I was like, am I just, am I this dumb? And they were like, actually, no, we've kind of been waiting for you to come around on this. Oh, but nice. the idea of Bosa is, you know, hurt twice in four years, an ACL tear as a senior in high school, the core muscle injury this year that shut him down. So, and then the fact that his brother Joey has been banged up. Connor, I know that like you really like both these players as well. Where do you come down? Like, am I just this dumb or can you get behind this one? No, I don't think it's crazy at all. I, what I've been saying is I have Nick Bosa one at Oliver two, Quinton Williams three. And like people react like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, well, yes, that's how they're stacked, but their grades aren't. There's not this dramatic gap between them grade wise. I do think Nick Bosa is the best football player in this class. And I think Ed Oliver is absolutely fantastic, especially with his ceiling, his athletic upside and versatility. But I look at Quinn and Williams and I, I love the player. Like I've said before, he's Fletcher Cox to me. He's so explosive off the snap and just so quick for his size. So I, I think it's completely fine. I, when you Those guys to me are interchangeable in terms of being the top players in this class. And I think a lot of people will have it that way. I don't know how many people have Ed Oliver in the top two, but when it comes down to it, they're just fantastic blue chip talents. And I, I know that both of these guys, referring back to Bosa and Quinnen, they're both three-year guys, but it seems like Quinnen Williams has so much more untapped potential, which is so crazy coming out of Alabama, which is a school that everybody has thought is, when you get a guy from Alabama, Nick Saban's already got everything from him. He is going to be yeah. the player that he is forever because of Nick Saban. But with Quinnen, it just feels different that we haven't seen really what he can do. I don't know if we can say the same about Nick Bosa. Well, I think I, that he might be maxed out. I, so I actually wrote that. And I, it's funny that you Great said idea. it because like, Mello has not read my article. I, I'm weird about that. No one reads my no, stuff. Usually I don't even read them on Fridays anyway. Thanks, so. Mello. Appreciate that. But that's actually what I said. Like Nick Bosa comes from a family of first round football players. Mm -hmm. He, whether, even if it wasn't at Ohio state, he's been prepared for this moment his whole life. And with Quentin Williams, he redshirted as a freshman because he had to play behind Jonathan Allen and Duran Payne. He had to <laughs> wait for his turn. Yeah. <laughs> still yeah. in Alabama. He had to wait for this spot. So I, I agree with you. I think Quentin is untapped potential with Bosa. I do feel like he's maxed out. Um, next little thing that I want to talk about Um I read an article today on NFL.com because they put out the list of the players who had been invited to the draft. And even though we're not going to be there, I like to look at that. And I noticed that they had a line on there and it said, notably absent from this list is Ohio State's Dwayne Haskins. So I texted his agent, David Mulligan, and said, hey, I thought Haskins got invited to the draft. And he's like, Haskins did get invited to the draft. He declined. He wanted to be with his family. It's like, well, this article really makes it sound like he wasn't invited. Like, here's the list of people invited, and it says, notably absent, is Dwayne Haskins. So I just want to clear the air on this. Haskins was invited to the draft, and he's not going to attend because he wants to be with this family. If you're listening to this and you're like, why does this matter? It matters because those 20 to 25 players invited to the draft are generally 
thought by the NFL to be first round picks. They don't want guys sitting there waiting for day two. Like they, they don't want the, was it Dalvin cook uh, who had to sit and wait for day two. They don't want the Aaron Rodgers thing. Where yeah, Geno there. Smith, Geno Smith, right? They don't want that. So they try to get guys that are going to come off the board early. And I think a lot of people could read into this and be like, Oh, well Haskins has fallen that they didn't mm-hmm. invite him to the draft when that's just not the case at all. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with you. And I support him in this. If you want to go spend that day with your family, like we've had our draft parties. I don't think anything beats it. I wish we could still find a way to do it, uh, but we've been kind of covering the draft, so that's not going to work. I but, I mean, Baker Mayfield last year, I'm sure he does not regret being at home with his family, being the first overall pick. I think he's absolutely okay with that. We've seen this trend pick up lately of guys declining. I mean, and all the inter- the guys we've talked to in interviews, uh, I-, I talked to, you know, Gerald Willis this week, and that'll release next week. I know you guys have done a lot of interviews they all kind of say the same. They're like, I want to be with my family. We'll rent out a space or we'll do it from home, have a ton of food and just be together. I think it takes away the stress and anxiety and all the bad parts of waiting because you're around a ton of people just having a good time and cherishing the moment when it comes rather than sitting on every moment and the cameras and all of that nonsense. It's just not for everyone. And well, I'll say this. I would rather spend four grand on food and booze instead of a suit and jewelry and plane tickets for my point. family. Well, and all the stupid interviews that you have to do that you're not going to see on Bleacher Report stream, uh, (laughs) you won't have to mess with that because you're off doing your own thing. And if you want to call in, you call in, you do one. You're not getting pulled every which way to do those little interviews. if you're smart, like Baker Mayfield, you have ESPN pay you to put a camera in your house. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, I don't know if Baker did that. I'm sure he did. He's very business savvy. Like, that's what I would do. Be like, you know what? I'm going to be the first pick, a first round pick. And you want to see my reaction? It's 15 grand. Yeah, probably, per camera. Yeah, probably you know, more than like, that. <laughs> that's 100% what I... I think Juju did that. Like, he, there was, like, a, a documentary about his draft day. And, and you know, like, you're renting me the nicest lake house I can find in the Joplin, Missouri area. And I'm throwing a party for... I only like about eight people. So eight people, <laughs> and, and we're going we're gonna to have a, a blast. But, Connor, you have some buzz of your own this week, buddy. Yeah, this one shouldn't be too surprising, or maybe it was just too obvious, but still has to be said. Obviously, Hollywood Brown is the cousin of Antonio Brown. and That's the obvious part. Here's the not-so-obvious part. I've heard that the Raiders really like him. And if you've kept up on Twitter, Daniel Jeremiah said this week he thinks Hollywood Brown is the wide receiver that goes in the first round. If there's only one, he said it would be him. And what I keep hearing over and over again with those picks 24 or 27 in the back end of round one, that Oakland would be looking to add his speed to their offense. And I think that isn't too shocking when you look at the type of offense John Gruden wants to build, because if you have A.B. on the outside and Hollywood Brown on the inside of the slot, I mean, that those guys can stretch the field. So it's something to keep an eye on. I don't even know if he makes it to them. I think. I'm starting to get the sense that teams value Hollywood Brown, especially after medical rechecks, more than we originally did. And I think that's something we've always talked about on this podcast is that I love the player. I love the talent. The size and health are my big concerns. And that's why I have him, I believe, as wide receiver four. But it sounds like he's going in the first round. And one of the franchises that just keeps coming up every time I ask around about him is Oakland. And I'll say I I actually talked to someone about him today too because medical rechecks came back really really good for him on the list Frank injury he's he's good to go on that and one thing I heard was that yes Oakland has been doing a lot of work on him two other teams that did a lot of work Tennessee and they're at nineteen and the Colts at twenty six so, there you go so he might not yeah, make it all he the might way not I mean at twenty four he could be there like if the Raiders yep. get 
Quentin Williams or Devin White at four, they could go receiver at 24 and then yeah, go easily. corner at 27. So, oh, Mello, I meant to tell you this. <laughs> You've been talking about how like Garrett Bradbury might not be there for your Chiefs. Oh, yeah. I've heard DeAndre Baker is the like the connection right now. Time is a flat circle. It is. Gonna He's back right in the back first round that. after all of that. <laughs> yeah. They, I, a lot of people I talked to today thought he went first round. So, um, yeah, it's like I haven't seen Melo in a, a couple of days, and he didn't text me back all day today. So I just got to. Man, I was busy. Got to dump everything yeah. on. I had some stuff going on. And then I had, I mean, I came straight here from soccer. Yeah. Which, which was amazing. I don't know if I should talk about it right now. But I'm going to because I had, Please a proud, do. I had a proud dad moment. Uh, last game, Mad Dog scored two goals, which was awesome. I almost lost my shit on it. But I told her she needed to be more aggressive. Uh, I was that, there when you told her that. Maybe use her body a little bit, get in front of people. She went ham tonight. On <laughs> she I thought somebody? my four-year-old was going to get kicked out of a pre-K <laughs> soccer game. She two-hand shoved the biggest kid on the field down. She must listen to the podcast. Yeah. So you go fuck up the biggest guy on the field. And she did it. Just two-hand shoved him. And then this other kid, they play with no goalie. This other kid was about to score a goal. She straight up grabbed his arm and pulled him down. Why well, you can't do that? <laughs> Red card. You can't yeah. do that. I don't think the other coaches or anything like knew what to do with her. I, I finally... Had to pull her off to the side and have a talk with her. Like, I love the aggression. Keep it up. Yeah. But act like I'm telling you not to do it. But yeah. keep it up. Throw some elbows. Keep doing your thing, girl, because I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> Those proud dad moments are the best. All right. Speaking of uh, telling us something good, this is your segment idea, and it's called Tell Me Something Good. So take it away. Yeah, and like I alluded to in the beginning of the show, I'm going to go with Daniel Jones because he's a quarterback that we talk about a lot. And I don't hate his game maybe as much as I've alluded to. But I, I don't like his value at 15. In the top 15, I don't like his value there. If you can get him beyond that or even in the second round, I think you're going to come away with a pretty good NFL starter. Maybe not a franchise guy, but a good NFL starter. He was a three-year starter under David Cutcliffe, who is a quarterback guru. I don't know if anybody knows quarterbacks like him, maybe Jordan Palmer. But he has great vision uh, to see the field and hold safeties with his eyes, and he throws with good anticipation. He doesn't have a strong arm, but he does have enough around him to work with it. He knows that he can't fit the ball into tight windows, so what's he do? He gets rid of the ball early. Uh, he is a very good athlete. He can move around in the pocket and do some things. Uh, working with Cutcliffe, he's obviously going to have very good footwork, and with his athletic ability, he's able to move and elu- uh, get away from some of these pass rushers. So not a strong arm, but an accurate arm. I, I like his game the more that I watch him. Uh, just maybe not in the top 15. Maybe not a, a franchise-type quarterback. Andy, Dalton. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. That's not a bad comp. Yeah, I'm it's getting just, good at those. It's that time of year. Uh, my tell-me-something-good is Rashawn Gary. And just to piggyback off of Mello here, I feel like sometimes maybe I do it for two reasons. One, I, I can't get over him being a top 15 pick. I like him in the top 50 not top 15. And this is an entertaining show. So sometimes we use hyperbole to <laughs> no. exaggerate how, how much we hate teams using just bad value scales. But Rashawn Gary, let's get into the good. Because if you're a top 50 prospect, there's got to be a lot of good. He's big. He's explosive. Yes, he's raw. But man, when the splash plays are on, I've seen him long arm guys 10 yards backwards to get to the quarterback. And That's just a rare converting speed to power kind of ability that Rashawn Gary has on top of the size he has to be a mismatch against those offensive tackles on the outside. Now, I know a lot of people, including myself before this season, would have liked to see him kick inside maybe as a three tech 
and see what he can do on the interior. Michigan didn't really have him play like that, and I don't expect the NFL to have him play like that. But when you look at Rashawn Gary, I just think as a pure pass rusher, pin your ears back and go. He has a lot of talent. There's just Like I said, he's explosive. He's strong. Now, from a technical standpoint, you could tell, I don't know to blame the Michigan coaching because we just talked to Chase Winovich, and he had a lot of good things to say about that staff, and he flourished under that staff for a couple of really highly productive seasons. For whatever reason, Gary, who was a five-star recruit ahead of Ed Oliver, the top of his class, did not ever reach that ceiling. He was just okay. He was also hurt. But maybe there is an NFL coach out there that can get him to be not just the good player he is, but the superstar that he can be getting after the quarterback. And my thing with Rashawn Gary, too, because I've I've said some things as well, uh, I really liked him as a defensive tackle prospect, as an interior defensive line guy. And then everybody else comes out and talks about him as an edge rusher. And I just, I don't see that kind of bend and athletic ability from him. Uh, I would rather see him kick inside. And then I would even say, I like him as a top 15 guy, but I just, I don't see his game transitioning as a true edge rusher. But if you could kick him in or, or maybe even on passing downs, moving him inside, but this isn't the let's shit on him more. It's tell me something good. So uh, I'm with you, Connor. All right, and I don't have to do one, right? Is that what we decided? <laughs> yeah, right, dude. <laughs> no, I'm so positive about everyone. Do I have to do tell me something good about the Raiders? I mean, we decided to do prospects, but you definitely you're going to have to do one over the New York Giants sometime. And you can't make it let's shit on him more here. <laughs> okay, so my tell me something good is DK Metcalf. He's really fast. <laughs> the end. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. No, here's what I'm there are times where you watch DK play the ball in the air, and it's just jaw-dropping. I mean, I, I, re- I re-watched him. Maybe it was Monday. I went back, and I watched the cut-up of every one of his touchdown catches, and his catch radius is ridiculous. I mean, he's 6'4", and he has incredibly long arms, and I will say he tracks the ball so well, and he has the strong, sticky hands to make some of those freak one-hand grabs that, I mean, you're just like, how the hell did he do that? So his speed as a downfield threat is impressive. And I'll, I'll, I've said this before about DK, and I'll I will take this to my grave. He has the best traits of maybe any player, period, in this whole class. So if he hits based on those traits, he will be Calvin Johnson or Terrell Owens. Uh, my only reservations with him are about health. So I, I, I absolutely like, I mean, if you just watch the good from DK, you're like, he should be the number one pick in the draft. So the, there's a lot of promise to his game. Yeah, we've never really seen a guy his size be the deep threat that he is. And I think that is part of what's confusing about him. He's not going underneath a lot. He's taking the top off of a defense and running deep at about 230 pounds. Yeah, it is it is crazy. And that's why our guy Dawson Knox caught zero touchdowns in college. We're going to talk to him about that. Let's take our first break, and we're going to be back with our top five perfect picks for the 2019 draft. All right, we are back. And a Friday staple is that... We have to do top fives. Like we talked about it today a lot. Like, well, maybe we'll move this segment in or this segment in. We wanted to work buy or sell in. We're not going to be able to this week because it's Friday and that means you get a top five. So this week we did our five perfect picks for the 2019 draft. So these have to be realistic as well. Like Melo can't take Nick Bosa to the Chiefs. So I'm going to start things off. Then Melo, then Connor. We snake drafted it, so Connor gets to go twice. So I got to change some things then. Uh, but that's good. That's, <laughs> that's good. good. That's all right. Good that's to right. know now. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> 7.02 p.m. Thanks a lot. So I will start things off 
My first perfect pick, Devin White going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at five overall, replaces Quan Alexander. And I'll say this, he's a better tackler than Quan Alexander, oh, hell yeah. but brings a better speed as well. So cleaning up things. Um, we we talked some trash about Vita Vea. That dude played really well down the stretch. It, it, they're probably going to find a D-tackle to let Gerald McCoy get out of the building, uh, maybe in the second round. So having Devin White as the anchor on that defense for a long time is a valuable pick. It's it's exactly what they need. So to me, it's perfect. And I think they're getting very nervous that a lot of people have been tying him to pick number four. Uh, the Bucks definitely don't want to see him go to the Raiders. You're right, Matt. That would be the perfect fit for them because they desperately need a middle linebacker. And Devin White's the best one in this class. Now, I'm up next, and I'm going to stick with my Kansas City Chiefs here. I would love to see Garrett Bradbury fall to them, uh, which a lot of people, I think, a month ago said that that was a reach and there's no way they should take his center. I don't know if he's there. I don't think he's going to be available, but I hope that he is. So I'm going Garrett Bradbury here at pick number 29 to the Chiefs. Go protect your asset. Go get Pat Mahomes somebody that's just going to stay with him for the next five years and be an ass kicker right in front of him. And I will say, man, a lot of people talk up Austin Ryder. I am not trusting Cameron Irving and Austin Ryder to protect the MVP of the NFL. Mm-hmm. I, I I want a Ryan Kelly. I, I You want a Jason Kelsey. Like, someone... Good. Look with the Rams. They brought in John Sullivan as a free agent to protect Jared Goff. Yeah. You need someone worth their salt in there. And I don't think they just let Mitch Morse walk. I think they tried to bring him back a little bit. Uh, but there's there's some very good interior linemen in this class, especially at the center position. So I do think that's a need that they tried to address probably here in the first round, if not the first, probably the second. I'm waiting for Connor per- to say Josh Allen to the Jets right here, by the way. <laughs> Could oh, you, you imagine know if that's it. what I, after all this time? <laughs> yeah. So shockingly, Rashawn no, not Gary. Josh Allen to the Jets. <laughs> Quinton Williams to the Raiders. I don't know if he can make it there. I really don't. I'm wondering if the Jets get stuck at three. Do they take him? Does somebody trade with the Jets to take him? I think he's that good. And if you listen to the top of the show, Matt does too, because he's his number one overall player now. So there is a chance he's there at four, and the Raiders cannot even blink just take this guy he's the perfect fit for a team that does need a superstar talent on their defensive line they need an instant impact player for next year on their defense and he's one and he could do it all so I look at Quinn and Williams to Oakland and I absolutely love that fit love that landing spot and think he could be a franchise player for them my second one here AJ Brown to the Packers not at 12 but at 30 I, I think that's right in his sweet spot I do think A.J. Brown can sneak into this first round. I think he's had a phenomenal pre-draft process. He had a really, really strong season on top of testing well. So you look at A.J. Brown, the type of target he is. I do think he can work really well with Aaron Rodgers. And I know we've had a lot of conversations of nobody can work well with Aaron Rodgers. But I think he can make things happen after the catch. I think he can work back to the ball really well. And we know how much Rodgers loves, loves to extend the play and throw the ball down the field. He's got the same body type as Quincy and Nunwa, but I think he has a better chance to stay even healthier. So you look at A.J. Brown, I would like to see the Packers get somebody to play across from Devontae Adams or in the slot, and this is the guy. It's almost like A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf have been hurting each other's stock. I don't even know. Like with the Heisman votes, you remember Reggie Bush and Matt Leiner. It's like they went against each other, and somehow it's pushed both their stocks down because I feel like both of them should be surefire first-round picks. I have them both as first-round picks. But I just, yeah. it, but it's Same. always at like the end of the first round. These aren't top 10 guys, and they're probably the 
two of the best receivers in this whole class, and and they're not being talked about very highly. I'll keep it rolling here. Uh, another perfect pick here. I'm going to go with our guy, Chase Winovich. Obviously, I love him. You guys couldn't shut up about it on the midweek show. Uh, kind of embarrassed me, made me feel weird. But I think the perfect landing spot for Chase Winovich is going to be somewhere in the 60s. Um, well, I'm going to say 61. Pick 61. I believe that's the Kansas City Chiefs. If they can get a guy like Chase Winovich, I really think he's going to fit that new system. Put him in a 4-3. The Chiefs have a need at edge rusher. Chase Winovich can come in there. He's another ass kicker for my Kansas City Chiefs. No duh. If he's there at 61, they got to pull the trigger. I feel like there's a theme here. I mean, just maybe with these first two picks. Yeah, right? Right? We'll see what happens. Just, yeah, we'll it, see what happens after this. It's too perfect for them to not take these two guys. Two of my favorite guys in the class going to my favorite team. Yeah, I love it. All right. Number two for me, the Indianapolis Colts at, I'm going to say first round. Okay. So this is an early pick. I'm going to say the perfect pick for them guys, Jeffrey Simmons. And I know we've mocked this to them before. Jeffrey Simmons is a top five player in this class. If the Colts can get him at 26, they have the right locker room. They have the right defense for him. And I'll say everything that I've heard. And one of my really good friends outside of you two has Mississippi State ties and connections. And he's my go-to about everything that goes on there. And since January, he's been saying, like, Matt, you got to do more work on Jeffrey Simmons. Like, he's a great guy off the field. And so, yeah, we start talking to coaches and, and trainers and everyone down there. And they're like, yeah, I mean, he actually won an award for leadership and off-field work. Yeah. So I love Jeffrey Simmons' game. And if he has made the most of his second chance as a person, I want to support that. So him to the Colts. And I know because the torn ACL, he's probably not going to play at least early this season. Maybe not at all. But that is a situation where he could go and flourish and they're going to do the, like we saw with Andrew Luck, they're going to take care of him. They're going to take care of his body. They're going to get him back on the field. I, I really like him. So you talk about him though, as a top five guy off field, not an issue injury, not an issue. Where would you have him? Like on your big board, we know Quinnen Bosa. Um, I would have him third, third. Ooh, that's high. So it'd be Quinnen Bosa Simmons and then probably Josh Allen. That's a lot of praise. I really like his game, too. So my second one, Andre Dillard to the Houston Texans. They need an athletic offensive lineman. I know that they keep touting these guys like, oh, we have Julian Davenport. And he, you know, was a developmental guy that we really, really like. And, you know, we on the right side, we have Chantra Henderson. And everybody <laughs> saw that shit show in Buffalo. It's like, that's not nice. going to work, guys. <laughs> get a real left tackle. I think you got to go get Deshaun Watson some help. And yeah. Andre Dillard is so good for that. They're going to move the pocket a lot. He's super athletic at the next level. Um, he is someone that we have maybe been a little critical of, but in the right system, I think he could be a just a plug-and-play high-level rookie. And, yeah, he he can't run block. Well, who cares? The NFL's not even going that way anymore. I think they just need somebody that can protect Watson. And what Andre Please. Dillard does well is pass block. So keep Watson upright, and I think your team gets – a lot more successful. I don't know a lot about football, but I think that's a thing. Next perfect pick for me, uh, I want to talk about Justin Lane, the cornerback out of Michigan State. I really like his game. So much length and athleticism uh, that I would love to see him fall to a team uh, probably in the second round that really <laughs> needs a corner. Uh, so I'm looking through my list at teams in the second round who still need a corner. Uh, and I'm going to land on the Kansas City Chiefs here. At pick 63, they still need a corner. If they could get a guy like Justin Lane, I think that helps sure up that secondary. We know they have holes. Now they've addressed um, 
Well, it, actually, it turns out quite a bit of needs uh, on my perfect picks. That's the third one. I didn't notice that. But <laughs> are yeah, you trying good to if get you're a Chiefs Beach's fan right job? now? I mean, it's not looking too bad. It's not. It's not looking bad at all. <laughs> you stand Pretty back, and son good. of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my per- my next perfect pick here, uh, Jets trade back and get Brian Burns. I-, I don't think any team would take Brian Burns in the top five, but he's still a damn good football player and probably going in the top 15 of this draft. The Jets need help on the edge. They need some kind of edge pass rush presence. So their perfect pick here is simply get a second rounder back, move back and still solve a big area in need. So I like Brian Burns and I like that fit. Connor, the next where, one from, how far back, yeah. real quick, how far back do you think they trade? Like, is this, in your situation here, is this like Washington comes up from yes. 15? It, Cincinnati? It has to be capped at 15. I think the perfect one, well, the most perfect one's the Giants. That's not happening. I think Cincinnati is really ideal. 11's fine. You'll still get a really good player at 11. But you're trying to get ahead of Carolina, basically, right? Because they could take an edge. I, yeah, and Miami. Yeah. Like Miami's Miami, the one where I'm Atlanta. Sitting. Yeah. Atlanta yep. should be okay. Like they could go D line, but I mean they they believe Vic Beasley's gonna have a bounce back here. Tack McKinley actually played pretty well last year. Um that I, I just wanted to ask because like we've talked about so many jet scenarios and we all agree they need an edge rusher badly. They also need an offensive tackle. So if you can trade back and get a second round pick, you know, Washington picks at 46. So like maybe you can trade back and get a Dalton Reisner. Maybe you can get Yannick Adjust, who just visited the Jets today, I believe. Like, there, there are some interesting scenarios. They're such a wild card in this draft. They're, they're a hard team to figure out. I think the draft they starts really at are. three. I mean, we probably know the first totally. two picks. I think the draft really starts at third overall. And we've had plenty of debate on this show. If they can't get out of three, who do they take? You know, Matt has said Josh Allen. I've said Quinton Williams. Uh, the homer that I am would pray for Ed Oliver. Like, I, I like him that much, and I think he'd be a different kind of piece on that front. But it, it is a mystery of what they would exactly do because of where they spent the money and because they're not going to take Devin White at three. But would a team come up and try to jump Oakland and Tampa for Devin White? I don't know. I've, I've heard crazy things. So the Jets are definitely a fascinating team in this draft where everything starts. Next up, Zach Allen to the Patriots. I mean, what <laughs> yeah. else do I need to say here? Zach Allen is a first-round kind of player. He's that good. He's a top 30 player for me. I think the fit here, you know, they lose Trey Flowers in free agency. They do need some kind of ass kicker on that defensive line at defensive end. And I look at Zach Allen, and I, I just could already see it. I've said it before. He's just He'll he'll sack Sam Darnold three to four times a year, and we'll all hate him. But he's awesome. We've had him on the show. He's the man. There's it's impossible to root against him. And I think this would be the landing spot where he easily becomes a Pro Bowl player. Yeah, I I think he's that kind of tweener pick that always excels for the Patriots too. It's like, well, is he an edge rusher? Is he a defensive lineman? What is he? Then the Patriots take him, and it's like, who gives a shit? He's just a Pro Bowl defensive lineman. Yep, exactly. We all stop the overthinking. And go well. He's good, and he's only going to get better there. What surprised me most, you said he's a top 32 player for you? Yes, I have Zach Allen. Where did I have him? Uh, I have him 27th overall. Wow. Damn. That's yeah. good for you. That's the highest I've seen. I have him at 69. 
Um, not a wow, joke. Okay. Not a joke. I nice. actually do. Um, yeah, he's an interesting guy. In the right scheme, he could be worth a first-round pick, though. I mean, like, he could play to that level is what I mean. Yeah, so, so I had a second-round grade on him, and he's he's 27th overall. And I will admit, he was a really late riser for me. I had him sitting right in that like 45 range, yeah, 45 to 50 for like three months. And then I watched the rest of his games, and I was like, I, I can't not like I. You know what it is, honestly, Matt. Like the more I go through, he's one of the rare sure things in this class for me. That's what it came down to. Like there are pl- a million guys with higher ceilings than him, millions. But at the end of the day, I know he's going to be a really good player, and I feel good about him right in that range. Yeah, this is reminds me of when um I really like Brandon Scherf, and a lot mm. of people, like a lot of scouts and even media people, were like. I don't know what you're saying. He can't block. I was like, well, he's going to be a really good player. The dude's a guard. Yeah, I know. He's yeah. a really good one. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. I'm that that one. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right, Melo, you're up again with perfect pick number four, buddy. <clears throat> perfect pick number four, and I can't believe you guys haven't talked about this guy yet. Foster Moreau, uh, one of my favorite guys that we've ever been able to interview on this podcast. So I got to find a perfect spot for him because I want to highlight him, and that's what it's about for me. So a perfect fit for him. I think he's probably going to go somewhere in the third round. So, again, find a team that needs maybe a tight end, too, or a developmental guy that can take over for an aging tight end. Uh, scrolling through the teams again, I'm going to go Kansas City Chiefs here. Uh, pick <laughs> yeah, 92. Yeah, a good spot for them. Overall, I just think that's the perfect landing spot for him. Let him come in, uh, develop a little bit, be that inline blocker while you split Travis Kelsey out in the slot and do some things with him. And I think eventually he can take over and be a very good target for Pat Mahomes because we learned at the Senior Bowl the dude can catch about as well as he can whistle. Yep, and he can whistle well. What I'm, I'm Connor, I'm foreseeing, like, say Foster Moreau doesn't go in the third round. And we all think that like, he could. Um, he, he's definitely worth that. But Melo joins the desk when round four starts. I was <laughs> just thinking all this. I don't four. want Foster Moreau. And I'm sorry, Foster. You were an amazing guest, and you're the man. But I don't want you to get drafted in the first three rounds. No, because Melo. And I don't want you to get pick, drafted in the sixth or seventh. <laughs> every pick, Melo's going to be like, I'm going nervous. Like, say the Chiefs like trade back into the fourth or something or trade up from five in the fourth round. But, I mean, I would probably lose my shit if they didn't take him. If, they, I've seen if they're somewhere in the fourth round and they don't take him. Whew. The best ever was on round two a couple of years ago. Buda Baker was <laughs> Steven Nelson's favorite oh, player was, yeah. ever. And he's a Bears fan. And the Bears are on the clock in the second round. And they trade their pick to Arizona, who takes Buda Baker. <laughs> I had to break oh that God. news to him. That was one of those picks that I had before we did. And it was like early round two. And mm-hmm. oh my God, he was just like. It was like pick 34 or something. Yeah, he was, really he was early. just yeah. like devastated. So yeah, that's probably going to be me this year. That ha- He's going to watch Foster Moreau's going to go to the Raiders. <laughs> if he yep. gets drafted in the third round, if Foster Moreau does, and you hear crying, just like <laughs> you know that it's me somewhere off camera, just sobbing tears, just send somebody to comfort me. Bring me some If, tissues. if he gets drafted at 92, are you going to storm <laughs> the studio? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd I'm, be great. I'm gonna streak through the stream. <laughs> yeah, it's even better. It's it's uh it's Times Square, so nobody would even think it was weird. So you'd be fine. All right, number four for me. Uh, you guys know how much I liked Josh Allen last year, the quarterback out of Wyoming. He went to the Bills at seven overall, and I got to get my guy some protection. So I'm going with Jonah Williams, who I I love Jonah Williams. I and again, this is like the Brandon Scherf conversation. Whether you think he's a right tackle, a guard, or a center, or a left guard, or a left tackle, whatever you think he is. 
All I know about the man is he is a good offensive lineman, and the Bills don't have enough of those. So get me Jonah Williams, pair him with Deion Dawkins, however you want to do it, and get Josh Allen some protection. He's a Pro Bowl offensive lineman. He's a Swiss Army knife. Just plug him in there uh, wherever you want him to play. I think he can be a Pro Bowler, whether it's tackle or guard, center. I don't care. He's just a very good offensive lineman, and you're right. He can come protect your boy, Josh Allen. Matt, where do you have him right now, or where did he finish for you? Uh, let me see. I uh, I went to a different tab. I think he's at nine overall, eight overall. Okay, so he's at eight overall. Okay, yeah, we're we're pretty much eye to eye there. I have him, I think, fourth or fifth. Yeah, I. So, he's just another one of those guys. You know what he is, and he's really good. Yeah, I mean, like, don't overthink it, right? So, mm, nope, won't do it. All right, last last one for me, and I'm going to go back to my old squad, the San Francisco 49ers. I do think Nick Bosa at two is a perfect pick, but I'm going to go second round on you guys. At the top of the round at pick 36 overall, give me Debo to the Niners. Yeah, I love that. Pairing love him with Kyle Shanahan is it's a match made in heaven. I mean, it's like pairing me with Boulevard. It's just good things are going to happen. It's going to be fun. It's going to be unpredictable, and it, it would be it was so amazing. To have him and Marquise Goodwin, it'd be like watching the yeah. Royals base runners. Yeah, like, it'd be a track team out there. Yeah, that, and that's what they need. That If they don't have the size guy, why not just go super fast? And I, I'll extend this one pick further. I think at 67, if the guy we're about to talk to, if Dawson Knox is there at 67, somehow, some way, that should be the Niners draft. It should be Bosa, Debo, and when you come back around, it should be Dawson Knox. Well, Matt, this isn't doing team mock drafts, yeah, buddy. Sorry. It's it's called perfect picks, not draft for your team. Okay, I'm up again. That's yeah. Don't take that's embarrassing. All your picks to the one team. Know what the segment is, man. It's embarrassing. Come Do some on. prep. You're better than that. You're NFL draft scout. Next pick for me, another guy I want to highlight is Deontay Johnson out of Toledo. Uh, a lot of people have been sliding in those DMs asking me about later round guys. I really like Deontay Johnson out of Toledo. I think he can do a lot. Uh, the one problem that he has is he's pretty small and he didn't test very well at the combine. But I see his game speed and what he can do in the slot and the guy can even play on the outside. He reminds me a lot of Tyreek Hill in his game. I'm not saying he's going to be that, but he reminds me of that. So the perfect fit for him is obviously the Kansas City Chiefs. If you can't, if you don't know what's going to happen with Tyreek, you can go round five, bring in a guy like Deontay, see what you have with him, maybe develop him. I think he's going to be a solid third receiver, maybe fourth receiver for any team, and the Chiefs could use some depth, especially if they don't know what's going to happen with Tyreek. Well, and even like just get Tyreek off some of the return stuff. Exactly. Yeah, just let him have a little rest, and Deontay can take that role. The Toledo guys were pretty fun to watch. Like, I don't know if all three of them will get drafted, but it's cool when you watch a team like Toledo and you're like, wow, they have three, at least the worst ones will be UDFAs. So that was a nice little surprise while watching players this year. My last one here is Taylor Rapp all the way down to 58 to the Cowboys. Now, this might sound crazy. It might take something like running a 4-7-3 40-yard dash at this pro day for it to happen. I have Taylor Rapp still in my top 30 players. I love the player. I don't think he makes it this far. I also don't think we could sit here and say no way he doesn't make it this far because right now he is considered a slow safety on the back end, but he's a fantastic player. The Cowboys do need a safety, and I think this would be the best option for them. I love the fit. I love his attitude. I just think this would be an awesome landing spot that fills a need. So Taylor Rapp to Dallas. I like it, and I don't think it's crazy. I 
one thing that I've wanted to like clap back at people on Twitter a lot is when they're like, this will never happen. I want to say, well, did you think that Rashad Penny and, Ter- and Terrell Edmonds would go first round last year? Because I didn't. Oh, yeah. God, no, they were fourth. They were third, third round players. Right. So I, like, that's what I will say to, oh, this will never happen. It's the NFL draft. Something crazy is going to happen. Yeah, it and, takes one team falling in love with them. We've said that a million times. Yeah. I really like Taylor Rapp's game, too. I, I don't even give a shit that he ran a 4-7. Same. Because uh, I, I can see his speed on tape, and it's good enough for me. Some guys just aren't track guys, and they can't run. Whatever. All right, there we are. Speaking of guys who can, though, I have an interview with Dawson Knox. Mello and Connor get to take a little break, pound some beers, and then we'll come back, close it out with some draft on draft. All right, guys, no Connor and Mello with me. I get Dawson Knox all to myself, so I'm very giddy about this because um, I actually got tipped off midseason about Dawson, started watching his game, really liked it, and now we finally get to talk, man. I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show. Welcome to Stick to Football. Well, yeah, thank you. I'm definitely excited to be on. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, of course, man. So I want to just, we, like, we want to have fun on this podcast. It's very light, very laid back, but I do want to talk some football with you. You were the only player that I can ever remember watching that I like. I love your game, but you didn't score a touchdown in college. How is that possible to be so good and not score? Oh man, that's a that's a question I've had to answer a lot. Um, you know, it was just uh, unfortunately I didn't get very many red zone targets. Um, I had a couple, but um, you know, there it, there was just it was a kind of a combination of things that I really didn't get. Uh, many play calls and we got down to the red zone, which was, um, you know, it was a little frustrating just because, you know, as a tight end, you want to see some, you know, see some balls in the red zone, especially in the goal or in the end zone. But, um, you know, it was frustrating. It kind of became like a comical thing between me and my teammates. Like, oh, are you going to score this week? And, you know, it just kind of became funny talking about, you know, maybe my first touchdown since my junior year of high school was going to be in the league, um, which is kind of something I'm looking forward to saying. Um Honestly, but yeah, it was frustrating to say the least. Yeah, because it's been a little while, right? <laughs> yeah, since uh, 2013. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's a little yeah. while. Uh, but you've made up. Bit. You've made up for it with with still a good career that a lot of people, especially a lot of scouts, are taking notice of. Um, I, obviously, uh, Ole Miss has become known for the wide receivers that you played with. Uh, what is it like being in a room with you have? DK Metcalf, who looks like a Greek god, and then you have AJ Brown, who's incredibly productive. You got Demarcus Lodge, like poor Demarcus Lodge, like no one's talking about because of the talent that you guys all have. But what is that room like when you know that you can go toe to toe with any team with those skilled players? Oh, I mean, it was incredible playing with guys like that. I mean, any second, you know, it could be third and twenty on the opposite twenty yard line, and we could be scoring an eighty yard touchdown. Um, you know, just having guys like that around you just kind of made it more fun to go out every Saturday knowing that there's going to be a highlight reel of plays to go on. Um, and like you said, like Lodge, my, my boy Lodge is getting overlooked, but um, you watch some of his tape and it's, he's made some of the craziest catches I've ever seen. Like his body control. And, um, he had some crazy one-handed catch in the end zone against Vandy. Um, I'm sure you've seen it, but I mean, he's going to, he's definitely going to surprise some people at the next level. Um, but you know, those other two guys are rightfully getting their, um, buzz right now also because, you know, DK is like, uh, yeah, like you said, Greek God, like looks like a mannequin dude at one, like 1%, like 1% body fat, an like, unreal amount. Yeah. <laughs> like, insane. And you know, um, they're just all three of them are crazy gifted. So they were fun to play with. 
Yeah, and I want to ask because um, Oxford is known for it's a great town, and I, I think people who haven't been through there maybe don't know that. But what do you do in your downtime? And I, I wouldn't call Oxford a city necessarily, but I mean it's a college yeah. town. So what what's a fun Friday night for you? Um, you know, there's really like more than meets the eye to Oxford. Like you know, there's obviously the downtown. Like I mean, we call it downtown. It's really just the square. Um, it's kind of like the town center, a bunch of bars, great restaurants, like some of the best food you'll ever find. Um, so really anywhere you got to eat is going to be fun. Um, but I mean, there are little things we could go do. Like there's a little lake called Sardis that, um, you know, guys would go out and just kind of hang out and um, do the classic southerner thing, you know, go <laughs> mudding in trucks and fishing and shooting guns and stuff like that. But um, it's really just a really cool environment because uh, the school is actually smaller than we would expect. I think there's only like 20,000 students and compared to most SEC schools, that's pretty small. So, um, you know, the town's pretty awesome. If you don't, if you've never visited, I would definitely suggest at least, you know, giving it a weekend, especially on the, on game days, you know, the Grove is unreal. Um, definitely a bucket list for any type of tailgating, but I, I just really enjoyed the four years I had there. Yeah. So the draft man is two weeks from uh, you and I are talking on Thursday. The draft's in two weeks. I know that I'm getting nervous, but I wonder, are you getting nervous? Because all I got to do is sit there and talk about it. Um, you actually are going to be waiting to find out where you're going to live for the next four years. So how nervous are right. you about the draft? You know, honestly, I'm not super nervous. I'm really just kind of excited to see where I'm going. Um, you know, because this whole process, you it's been working out. Like I've been on the road, like not on the road, but more like in the air, like flying everywhere. <laughs> um, the last, the last couple of weeks, um, kind of getting myself familiarized with some of these facilities, you know, get a feel for the coaching staff and the offensive systems I'd be running. But like you said, like there's really just no telling, like, um, like there's guys that I've heard of that get drafted by teams they literally have never talked to ever. Like didn't even visit, didn't even have an interview with them. Um, so I'm really not kind of setting my eyes on one team in particular. I'm really just kind of looking forward to knowing where I'm going to be. Yeah, for sure. One thing that when I was doing a research into you for my scouting report on you is that you were actually a really good quarterback in high school. So how close really were you? Really good might be stretching. Oh, it, that's where I was going to go. Like, uh, you know, we had David Sills on and we like got him to like talk about it. And he was like, listen, if I'd never gotten hurt, I, I could have played quarterback in the NFL. We're like, oh, okay, man. <laughs> so how good of a quarterback were you? So I put a lot of work into it. Um, the crazy thing is my junior season, I was like, I think on the roster, I was like 5'10", 5'11", 160. Um so I wasn't starting yet. I played a little backup quarterback, backup receiver. Um, and then going into my senior year of high school, I finally was growing. I was like 6'3", about 205, 210, um, and was finally starting a quarterback. And I played the first half and then had an injury the second. This, it was the first possession of the second half. Um, I was actually playing receiver. They had like a little package for me that went out and ran some routes and they threw the ball to me. But um you know, I feel like I was good enough to play um, play quarterback somewhere if they, you know, give me an offer. But considering I only played one half of high school football my <laughs> entire, you know, there's not really much to go off of. And I know it was a little safer for me to transition to tight end. I'd love the, um, you know, the route aspect. You run around, getting the ball. Um, 
obviously I was hoping to get the ball a little more than I did, but um, and once I kind of learned how to block and put on some weight, I just I really enjoyed the position because you get to do a little bit of everything. Yeah, speaking of routes, what's your favorite route to run? That's uh, a question like that doesn't I think get asked enough of guys because you know you just you're doing what you're told. But what what's that one call you hear it come into the huddle and you're like, oh shit! All right, I'm about to get something. <laughs> yeah, so we had um, we had this one play that literally gave me four different options on the um, on the same play, and everything we did was no huddle. So it was tempo, get up to the line, read the defense, and based on like, coverages, based on you know what how guys are playing me i could take it on a deep skinny post i could fade it um or i could curl in or break it out on a comeback um so that was my favorite call or my favorite route variation often that was probably just a fade where i just run by guys and hopefully get the ball because um a lot of the times i'd have guys out there like safeties guarding me that you know probably thought oh we can i can probably guard them without you know giving much respect to any type of speed or anything. So they'd be playing flat footed at five yards. Um, and I'd be able to just, you know, get by them pretty easy. But, um, that was just having that type of versatility in that route was um, probably my favorite call. For sure. One thing that I heard about you and you could correct me if I'm wrong, is that you're, <laughs> you're kind of a big movie guy. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So that kind of, that kind of came out when I uh, was talking about going to see the Avengers the night after the first round. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love movies. Like I love star Wars, love the Avengers. Um, I'm not like the type of guy that goes to see every single movie as soon as it comes out. But you know, if I'm interested in it, I'll go see it at some point. But when it comes to the Avengers and star Wars, those are, you know, two things that I love going to see as soon as they come out. So I actually already have a bunch of tickets for, Thursday night after the first round's over um, at 11. And that's the first night the Avengers comes out. So <laughs> I'm pretty excited about going to see that. So you're going to sit through like the four hours of the draft and then three hours of end game. I respect that. Oh, I, yeah. I like that about you. So I want to oh, put I you on the wait. spot. How do you think it's going to end? <laughs> oh, man, that's a good question. There's a lot of theories I've heard. and I've been oh, on Reddit. Yeah, I like, I want to know, too. So, <laughs> you know, um, I'm afraid there's going to be a lot of people's favorite characters to die. Uh, I think it all has something to do with Dr. Strange, honestly. I mean, I could, because, uh, you know, he had the time stone. He knows how to change time and affect the way reality is, whatever. He's, he's going to have some crazy role in it, but um, I really don't have any type of, you know, one locked in ending in mind, but I'm, I'm kind of scared that Iron Man's going to die, honestly. He's been my favorite since day one. So, I'm, yeah, I agree. I'm like a Captain America guy, which I feel like is, is not, oh, yeah? not as common. But, yeah, I'm terrified, too, like that that it's all yeah, just going to disappear. Mean, so, so I feel right. you. Yeah, I feel you. What about Star yeah. Wars? Do you Are you cool with, like, the, the reboot that's kind of the old Star Wars just repackaged with new characters? Because I'll admit, I didn't really like Star Wars until they said they were going to do the new ones. So as an adult, I went back and watched the originals. It was like, oh, this is really good. I'm into it now. But it took till I was like 30 to appreciate Star Wars. <laughs> so, yeah, I basically grew up on the movies. My dad was just like crazy fan. Like he saw them all when they came out and all the action figures, you know, all, all of that type of stuff. So he had me and my brother um, watching them ever since we were kids. And so that was like our biggest um, I guess like our favorite thing growing up to watch. If we're going to watch one thing, that's what it would be. Um, 
and it, it just the originals just can't be beaten four five and six are obviously my favorites just because like you can't beat the you know the classic i think episode five might be my all-time favorite but i think the reboots are pretty good seven was basically a remake of four which i was like you know i wanted to see a little bit more originality in it but um, I thought they did a good job with eight, kind of setting up for the next movie. And I actually really liked Rogue One. I thought that one was awesome. Have you seen, have you seen that? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I liked it a lot more than I expected to. Um, I haven't seen the yeah. the Solo one, and I I need to. I've just been too busy. Um, but I, I need to make. Time oh, I actually for that one. love Solo too because it did. Like if you if you've seen the original, it's pretty cool to see like where Han came from and how uh, Chewbacca's, you know, how they're friends and stuff like that. I mean, it's probably one of the most nerdy things in my life, but, um, I'm, I'm all about it. I've, I've always loved Star Wars. So definitely a big fan of those movies. That's right. I'm going to do a spinoff podcast that just talks about like nerdy movies and you're going to be our first guest. Don't worry. Uh, oh, so, feel free. Yeah. Feel free to call me up. I'll, I'll definitely add some insight. There we go. Uh, so with every guest, the last thing we do is we play a word association game. And so it's just like oh, the, geez, right. the first thing that comes to your mind. And I, I purposely don't prep you for this. So uh, for, <laughs> yeah, thanks. first one here, DK Metcalf. First word that comes to your mind. Freak. All right. Uh, I got to go with a rival here. Jonathan Abram. Yeah, yeah, he's tough. Uh, all right, AJ Brown. I, r- real quick side note on him: um, I was actually in Detroit with him yesterday and got to talk with him a little bit, and he's actually a pretty good dude. Um, got to chop it up with him a little bit, and uh, you know, he's he's a good guy on the field. He definitely talks a lot, but yeah, um, it was cool to get to meet him. Yeah, he uh, he was on our one of our other Bleach Report podcasts, the the Leftco Show, and I listened to it. It's he was a great interview. He's a confident young man. I'll give him that. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, confidence another great word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, all right. How about yeah. your guy, AJ Brown? Strong. That's a good one. All right. This one. I hope I don't get you in trouble with this one. Oxford. Oh, Oxford girls. <laughs> man, um, talented. <laughs> that is a great word. I I told Chase when uh, we set this up. I was like. I'm just going to talk to him for 15 minutes about the scenery at Ole Miss. So um, we, we only. Yeah, that's part of the scenery, I guess. Yeah, for sure. It's like the Grove yeah. and then the sorority girl. So, all right, here's a, <laughs> a a guy whose job you almost took, rumor has it, Chad Kelly. A guy whose job I almost took. Rumor rumor <laughs> might not be as accurate as it sounds, but um, yeah, so there was one game that he got hurt. Um, Shea was a starter, and we really didn't have like another. Uh, like clear-cut backup that was traveling. So I was like deemed the emergency quarterback for that week. Um, so for a couple of weeks, you could see me in practice taking snaps at quarterback, doing some basic read options. And um, it, was, it was really weird. It was like a throwback right when I started getting comfortable with tight end. I was like, you know, what am I doing? But, <laughs> um, you know, I, if Shea would have went down, I think I definitely could have taken the reins and, uh, Led the rebels to a couple wins. Yeah, but, I would. It would have helped yeah. the draft stock for sure. But do you have a one word yeah. for Chad Kelly? Because he's controversial. So uh, I'm anxious to hear your word for him. Yeah, there's a like I think Chad's very he's overlooked. I, I'd say that um, probably overlooked because he's as talented as any quarterback I've ever seen or played with. Um, and unfortunately, you know, there's just been a couple things he's had to deal with. Um, so I think once he kind of gets back on the right track and, and gives them another chance, they're going to 
kind of find out that he's a, you know, he's got some great potential to have a long career. Um, so I'm just hoping the team gives him a chance. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I like that. So uh, we actually had Chase Winovich on the show earlier this week, and we asked him about Shea Patterson, and he said, next question. So I got to put it to you. What's your one word next for Shea question. Patterson? That's what he said, and we were like, we didn't know how to respond. He was like, okay, so next question. Oh, so man. how do you feel about uh, Shea Patterson? He's just, I'd say fun. I know that's kind of generic, but like anytime you're with Shea, like you're going to be having a good time. Like he's hilarious. He was always fun to hang out with. We were always at his house a lot, you know, get a little poker group going. Um, it was really just, you know, it could be a random day in the week and we're, you know, out bowling or something. Um, but he, he's a, he'll be one of my friends for a long time. He's, he's always having a good time. Well, it's good to hear the other side of that. That's good. We're, 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 yeah. we're rehabbing Shea Patterson's draft stock right here on the show. Uh, all right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that, uh, there must have been a little controversy <laughs> up there in uh, Michigan. Um, he was, yeah, he was great while he was here. So, all right, last one I got for you, man. Alabama, consistent. That's a good uh, one. They were, they were just, you know, every time we played them, we knew that we were going to get a fight. Um, unfortunately, the two times I actually played a lot against them, they just absolutely took it to us. Um, the first, you know, ten seconds of last year's game was awesome, um, <laughs> but, then, but then after that, it just kind of went downhill, but there was really no other team that we played that was so disciplined and consistent when they were doing. And, you know, we just knew it would take almost a perfect game to beat a team like that. For sure. All right, dude, I appreciate your time. It's I, I know you're busy. You've been traveling all over the country doing these team visits. Um, we're all excited to see where you land. I'm, I'm glad you didn't get movie tickets for Friday night. Cause I think you're going to be celebrating a little bit. That's, that's my <laughs> prediction. Know, um, <laughs> Yeah, I would, I would uh, love that. And honestly, I'm looking forward to, no matter when it is, I'm just looking forward to getting that opportunity because I know what I can do. And um, I'm just looking forward to getting where I'm going. So I appreciate you having me. Of course, dude. We'll be rooting for you and, and we'll catch up with you soon. All right. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Thanks, man. You know what that sound means, boys and girls. It's draft on draft time. Still draft on draft time. Mellow was a little slow on the draw. I feel like mine was better. Connor, do you drink at night anymore, or are you teetotaling? Whenever we do Sunday shows, I always do. Nice. I am honestly so washed by Thursday nights that if I don't go out after work, no way. Like, I, I got nothing left in the tank after this show. So I live this for Thursday it. nights. Like, because, like, Monday, That's your Tuesday, guys' night. Yeah, it is. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are hard for me. Like, I have so much to do. And then, like, Thursday night, I know that, like, we're going to go, like, have copious amounts of beers and like hang out and like <laughs> it's just me and mellow tonight the whole crew's not here and we might just sit and like not talk to each other and eat <laughs> i was gonna say you guys like when i was out there that's like your crew comes to the office that's your yeah. i was there on a thursday yeah and we mm. had a wild wild time <laughs> thirsty so, thursdays here in joplin yeah Mo. i'm a yeah it was awesome i'm a friday guy um and then usually like one weeknight, like I'll go out to eat like Mondays or Tuesdays just to break it up. But until I'm while I'm on the Friday show, this is it. I'm, yeah. I'm laying low. I don't discriminate against nights. I've gone out on a Monday night before and gotten way out of hand. So, oh, as, as Le'Veon Bell says, time doesn't exist. <laughs> he, wait, he has. Wait, he, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's the best. He says time Somebody, doesn't exist. Basically, he has his phone set to military time. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. 
and he he like considers that I forget the exact wording, but he basically says that like time's just like a thought. Wait till he's like, late to a meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, I need to find this now. Well, like, uh, oh, okay. He goes, I don't allow AM or PM to dictate my schedule. <laughs> wow. Which is I like just that. like, so like, if you want a beer at 6 AM, like, it doesn't matter. So 600, you can have a beer. That's Eggs like our, and bacon at 10 PM. Yeah. Matt matter. and I's like meal thing. I don't have breakfast, lunch, or dinner anymore. I just have first meal. Whatever the fuck I want to eat. I, I'm for all first meal. I don't, I don't if, if I want pizza, I eat pizza. If I want a sandwich, I ate a sandwich. I don't care what time it is. That's first meal. Don't limit me to just breakfast foods. You wait till tailgate tour 2019, Connor, because Mellow's gotten weirder. So <laughs> it's oh, happening. Really? Yeah. Wow, he got weirder. <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna be a treat. So chicken and ch- chicken on a biscuit doesn't do it anymore. No, <laughs> no, like that's fl- that's the or shrimp at six a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just out there grilling steaks at five thirty a.m. in Columbus, I would Ohio. Love that. That actually, I can't wait for the tailgate. Sounds great. Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, within the next couple weeks we're gonna announce that. Let's get into After these the draft. draft on draft questions. Though our buddy Jake Rumashek, which player or players would each of your favorite teams have to draft? In this year, in order to elicit a fat pass rusher moment like Lefko <laughs> had on air when his Eagles drafted Derek Barnett in the 2017 draft. For people who didn't watch our coverage, we're like sitting there. Lefko such a huge Eagles fan, and we're like waiting for the pick. Who's he going to be? And he's like, they draft Derek Barnett, and he left the set. He's like standing up cursing, like, not the fat fucking pass rusher. Like, it was great. It was one of the realest moments of uh, streamable content I've ever seen. <laughs> and that's what you get on the BR stream. It's yeah. real live reactions, not a couple of stiffs sitting in some suits talking to Kyler Murray on that. Yeah. So, Mello, who would your pick at 29 for the Chiefs? Who would elicit anger from you? Gosh, I don't know that anybody would really piss me off. Maybe Marquise Brown. I would really not like that pick just because the whole Oklahoma thing. I don't want them to take a receiver in round one. And I've seen people mock that and and heard talk about maybe a receiver there, it better not be Brown. Uh, find somebody else that can help play on the outside and maybe give you some slot opportunities too, just not Marquise Brown. Connor, the this New York a, Jets. This, I'm gonna this s- is a hard one. It's not Josh Allen because that's like right. that's a big reaction was like, I hate this pick. I don't can't see them doing anything at three where I'm sitting there scratching my head now. I say that now, they'll find a way to do it. But, what if it's Rashawn Gary? There, that's it. That's yeah. the <laughs> Boom, there it is. The fat pass that, right. I don't know how that escaped my mind. Maybe because I just came off of tell me something good. Yeah. If the Jets take Rashawn Gary at three, I will yell they took the fat pass rusher. <laughs> so I don't like I have so many teams. I would say that if the Niners took anyone other than Bosa or Quentin Williams at two, I will like people think that I've been mean to John Lynch lately. Oh, just wait. If they took like if they got cute and took Rashawn Gary at three or DK or excuse me at two or DK Metcalf or whatever. Like I will, I'll lose it. I'll, I'll go off. I'm, I'm excited for that. I hope you do. But like for, for the chiefs, my new adopted team, I trust Andy Reid and Brett Veach so much that if, even if they took someone like Marquise Brown at 29, I'd be like, well, they probably know Tyreek's getting suspended. Well, so we got to do this. So for me, I guess it would be a little bit different. It wouldn't be my team drafting a player because you're right. I would probably trust that, like, okay, they probably saw something that I didn't, whatever. But I will tell you, I'll lose my shit if Garrett Bradbury gets picked at number 28. If I have to watch him play with Phillip Rivers and the Chargers for five years when he could be with Pat Mahomes, I might be screaming from the green room. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, um, I hope that happens so much. It'll <laughs> it'll be so much fun. The green room is far from the studio, so if we can hear you, we got problems. Yeah, doesn't yeah I was going to say the whole place yeah. fell down. If yeah, that happens. right. Uh, all right, Joe Chichino, I believe I'm getting better at names. If you had to hitch your wagon to a day two or three quarterback in this draft, who are you taking? I already know who Mellows is going to say. Yeah, it's so Jared Stidham. Yeah. I've been on his back the whole time. Like I really like his game, and I almost feel like we have to throw out the 2018 uh, campaign for him. I know that you guys maybe even disagree with me, and that's fine. I, I would like to hear some feedback there. But the offensive line did him no favors. And I talked about him in our write-ups as like a Derek Carr type guy, and I even talked a little bit about his brother David Carr. David Carr got his ass kicked, and then it really started to affect his game. I think that's what we saw with Jared Stidham in 2018. He got his ass kicked, and he knew that after that third foot hit in the dirt, he had to move. He couldn't look for his receivers anymore. He couldn't do anything. So we we saw a completely different player than what we saw in 2017. 2017, he was my number one quarterback. I loved watching him play. He absolutely took over the Alabama game and just tore them up, torched them. I think he was like 21 or 24, something like that. Ridiculous. Very good game, very good season. And then he lost Braden Smith. Then he lost his running back and some other pieces off that offense. And it really affected him as a whole. I also think that, like, didn't he have a great bowl game this year? Uh, yes, he did. He yeah. played very well in the bowl game as well. So if you can get him protection, and even when we watched the Washington game in your basement, I even saw it then. If you can get him any kind of protection, he can find open receivers. He's good enough. He has the mechanics. He has the size, the arm strength. He can do everything if you just help him out a little bit. Yeah, I like for me that. it's for me it's Tyree Jackson. Um, I just I'll bet on traits for a day three quarterback or a day two quarterback. And I think when you look at his game, at least you see something there like Stidham where you're like, I can mold that guy into an NFL quarterback because of the arm strength, because of the mobility, the athleticism and, and personality. And we've seen it with both those guys. And ironically, both of those guys are training together under a pretty good quarterback coach in Jordan Palmer. It's Jared Stidham, Tyree Jackson and drew Locke. So drew Locke will go in the first round. So he's not in this conversation, but when you look at Tyree, I mean, I spent some time with him at Bleacher Report in New York City, and he's just a football junkie. He That's all he is. He's all about football, all about training for football. And I think what you saw, not only just how much bigger he got and how much stronger he got, but how much better he got. He started playing at Buffalo when he was a redshirt freshman, and he got significantly better year after year there. So I'll, I'll bet on the traits. I'll bet on that arm strength. And I think if I don't think he goes, I don't think he falls as far as people think. I would be surprised if he's on the board when we're having stick to football Saturday when round four starts. I agree with that. Um, I do too. I could see yeah. him second round even. I think he's probably uh, pro- maybe quarterback five for me. That's where Co- like comparing him with Daniel Jones even. Yeah. And so I could definitely see him going in the second round. A lot of teams need a quarterback. Um, so I'm going to maybe surprise you guys and take Will Greer because I think that at some level, and I've said, you know, if I ever ran a team, it would be, you guys would know all my picks because later in the draft. And so I think Will Greer is a fringe day two, day three guy. I'm going to bet on guys who have won and who are good leaders, especially quarterback. Like, let me take a chance on a dude that, you know, maybe his ceiling is Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that because sure you, you need a spot starter. You need a backup. You never know what's going to happen. 
So I'll roll the dice with a Case Keenum type dude in round three or round four, uh, especially for like if you're the Patriots or the Chargers, like you got a quarterback that's getting kind of old. Like, yeah, let me have Will Greer. So if I had to hitch my wagon to somebody who maybe only starts for a season or two, but plays for 10 years, I want Will Greer. Did you look at my scouting report? Because I comped him to Case Keenum. <laughs> no, I didn't. Actually. It's almost like you guys work sympathetic. Yeah, it's almost like we were. Yeah, it's almost like we're fucking brothers. Uh, all right, at Joker Bus, great name. Do you guys think Mellow's Chiefs would target and Jesus Christ? All right, do you guys think Mellow's Chiefs would target Hollywood Brown early or Andy Isabella late to attempt to fill the void left by Tyree Kill if he's suspended? Well, I'll tell you so, what, they better not. This is funny because I put the draft on draft questions in today and like totally forgot about it. So Mellow like talking about. Not wanting Hollywood Brown is hadn't even perfect. seen the question yet. <laughs> I would love Andy Isabella late. I would like it too. If if they went like if he's available in the fifth round where I had him taking Deontay Johnson, I would be perfectly okay with that. I love where Andy is he Ab- Isabella's game. Isabella? I mean, i yeah, I saw like Pro Football Focus has him as a top thirty-two player. Ooh, I'm pretty sure. No, ooh, I'm Connor. pretty sure. God. I do not. I do not. <laughs> He's, I, I have him say fourth. He's, round. he's not going top thirty-two. I'll tell you that. And I know, like, pro well, I know focus, that they're not. <laughs> their ranking is not uh, indicative of like where a guy will be drafted. It's like how he played. I think right? he goes round four. That's what I was thinking. Let me see. That that makes sense. I, I have him, and I actually have him at one fifteen overall with like a fringe three-four grade. Yeah. If, if you look at fit, I yeah. think that will determine a lot of things. Uh, for other teams, might view I mean, him in the third round. When do the round. Patriots pick late yeah. third round? Like just I have him at the end pick. of the. I have him at the end of the third round. They have like twelve picks, so that I'm sure they have yeah, one. The there. Patriots pick at ninety eight. That's where he's expected to go. <laughs> I was gonna say I have him ninetieth. So yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's where he'll play. Um, I would be fine with the Chiefs taking someone like that. I, I do think round three is even early because the Chiefs don't have a ton of picks in this year's draft. So yeah. I think you have to be aware of that. They have eight. Um, they have four in the top 100, and then they're kind of spread out. Like they don't have a fourth round pick. They do have a five. They have two sixes, and they have uh, one seven. So you got to be like kind of picky about where you're going to grab. I would almost grab an undrafted free agent that like you can find just speed as an undrafted one free of the agent. Toledo guys. Yeah, yeah. Cody uh, Johnson or was that his name? Cody Johnson. Yeah, I, I, they have three receivers, and I mix them up all the time. Cody Thompson. Deon, they have Deontay Johnson. Yeah, Cody Thompson. I want to throw something at you guys and, and more at Mello because he's the first Chiefs fan. Then Matt came along. <laughs> what do you think about using what would be your reaction if they used one of those twos, which is a really late two, like 61 and 63 mm-hmm. on me, Cole Hardman? I would be down for that. If they, they really feel like they need another receiver and it seems like they do, um, I wouldn't sit around and wait for a receiver. I think you can find value late but at receiver i would be okay with them taking a guy even at 61 and then as long as they address that corner or secondary need in the second round as well i'm fine with them pulling the trigger on a receiver i just want to throw two names out there because i think you could get these guys in round seven and they're both exactly what you're talking about just not top tier prospects alec wesley at north northern colorado and johnny dixon from ohio state yeah johnny dixon's a pretty good player too i really like those ohio state guys yeah so, like, if again, if if this is just me, like, I would try to get one of those guys late. You mentioned Cody Thompson, great special teams player. There's Ashton Doolin at, Mal- at Malone University, who's a again kind of a, a slot guy. So, I would go, I would go late. That's just me. And you got Darius Slayton is a vertical right? guy. Yep. Yeah, and his grades are all over the place. I could build a so. receiving core from 
round six, seven, and UDFA. <laughs> Give me Preston Williams in round six. <laughs> I can make it happen. I'm going to get a GM job. Just wait. All right. We have Mello's dying because he's laughing so hard. What a fucking humble brag. Yeah. Oh, I could build yeah. a receiver core out of I six, could, seven. I'm going to be a GM. I could do it. I could do it. Uh, all right. We got an iTunes question. Uh, we appreciate this. You leave a, a iTunes review. We'll try to read it on the show. We got a lot of five-star reviews this week. We really appreciate that. Again, it helps us, and it also makes the bosses really happy. So our guy, Sinatron14. Hope I said that right. As a Pats fan, congrats, me too. It's impossible to predict what Belichick will do. And this was a long question, so I summarized it. But wide receiver is an obvious need. Personally, A.J. Brown's my wide receiver one and would love him. But do you think they're looking for more of a big-bodied wide receiver? So to answer this question, dude. though. What's that? He is big. big, He's 226. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, look at who they were interested in. They tried to trade for OBJ. Mm -hmm. They tried to trade for A.B., and they tried to sign, um, and it just escaped my name, the dude that went to the Titans. Yeah, Humphreys. They tried to sign Humphreys in free agency. So those are not big guys necessarily. So it, I they don't, never really have. I, so I don't. I wouldn't worry so much about body type because those are mm-hmm. like smaller, faster receivers there. Um, Humphreys is 5'11", 190. Like that, he's, he, he's such a Patriots player. This is turning into the Hollywood Brown podcast, but like him at 32, if he's there, Oh, and other God, teams yeah. view uh, the other receivers better. I think he could be like the third yeah. receiver. Taken we said here. that at the same exact time. <laughs> That's pretty freaky. We spend pretty too much freaky. time together. Yeah, Way we really do. Time. But uh, so I will say this: like, here's another name, Paris Campbell, which I did in one of our mm-hmm. mock draft Mondays. Please but don't. Sure. I think with the Patriots, body type <laughs> doesn't matter. Football IQ does because you can you can be Chad Johnson and go yeah. in there and not know how to run a fucking route. And you're going to get booted. You're going to be on the bench. I mean, so it's more about what you know how to do and not what you look like, in my opinion, with the with the Patriots. All right. Jacob DeLong, uh, one of our great listeners, asked a ton of questions. He saw an article online about possible Russell Wilson trades. One ahead, Seattle getting picks four, twenty four, and 27 Ooh. from Oakland. And then Ooh. Derek Carr was traded to the New York Giants. And Oakland got picked 37 and a 2020 first. If you are Mayock. Slash Gruden, do you pull the trigger? So by doing this, Seattle would get picks. Their first three round. first round picks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The Raiders would get a second and a 2020 first, and the Giants would get car. So the Giants get fucked in this, basically. But it well, says if you're Mayock and Gruden. Fucked. So would you base would you trade three first round picks for Russell Wilson if you knew you could get an early two and a future one for Derek Carr? Yes. Yeah, I would too. Especially yeah. three first in one draft. It's that, not as hard as it, it actually looks. Although people said. look at three first. Oh, nice. <laughs> three uh, three first round picks. I mean, in this draft, what is 24 and 27 compared to 37 and 34? You know yeah, what I mean? Nothing. And that 2020 class is starting to look pretty nice. Especially if they want to go yeah, skill well, position. And they have Chicago's you have your quarterback. First so they would have three first oh. round picks in 2020. Oh yeah, do it. I, oh, I easily do it. I think this guy should be a GM. Trade. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah, I could get a quarterback. I'll get a GM job. Yeah. yeah, man. If they trade Russell Wilson, that is the dumbest move. Mm-hmm. And you guys know how pro trade I am. You can't trade Russell Wilson. Like no, he's all no, you got. Can't. He he literally is. And if you don't put a mobile quarterback behind that terrible offensive line, that Jeez. quarterback's going to be destroyed too. And like, who are they going to draft? At four, 
You're going to get Drew Locke in there? Who, who are you taking this yeah, year? I don't know. All right. Andrew Harbaugh, longtime listener here, and we've met Andrew like eight times now. But he was curious for our ultimate draft night buffet. You get to choose one of each of these. You get one beer, not just one, but one brand, one entree, one appetizer, and one dessert or liquor. Dessert or liquor. Yeah. So yeah, yep. choose one there. So, Mello, you're probably the easiest pick of this. Okay. Beer, um, I'm going to say Bud Light. Uh, I love Bud Light, and they're so delicious. My favorite beer. So, Bud Light there. Entrees for a party, like a yeah. draft buffet. Uh, steaks would be great, but I don't think that's like a nibble on it all day type thing. I would probably just say pizza because pizza's good no matter what's on it. No matter what the temperature is, pizza's good. Sit it on the table, come back three hours later, it's still nice. Uh, apps, duh, nachos. I'm a big nacho guy. I don't know if the people knew that. If you listened to our radio show, you did, because it's pretty much me just talking about nachos on Saturday, and then we mentioned baseball and dessert or liquor. Now, let's just get crazy since it's Andrew Harbaugh. I know this guy can't get enough Patron, so Andrew Harbaugh is coming <laughs> with me, it. and uh, we're going to do some shots of Patron. Wow. I, I like that. It's a stacked lineup. Connors is going to be like water, strong <laughs> chicken breast, broccoli, <laughs> yeah. and push-ups for dessert. <laughs> so if this was during work, <laughs> that was good. If this was during work, then yes. But if this is where, like, for the first time since I was a kid, I get to actually sit and watch the draft. Let's have some fun. Beer, since he did say specifically beer, go with an Einstock. Entree, let's go with a filet. Not... Uh, Matt Matt is gonna specify how he wants his fillet cooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't I want to act like you don't know how I order my food. I I do. I'm gonna let you do it, but I can do your order for you, which is very sad. <laughs> very sad in my adult years. This is what I've become. Um fillet cooked, medium rare or rare. Gotta have that thing bleeding. Appetizer, wings, always wings. Nachos, though, Mello, I'm with you. I down the shore, all I eat is nachos. Did you like have months. the nachos here? He didn't. Oh, come no. We did you. Wrong. I know. I know. I'll be back. I might be back sooner than you even thought. That's Ooh, crazy. Thing. He doesn't know. So, oh goodness. Well, I might be back for two different reasons, but we'll we'll get into that <laughs> yeah. another time. Dessert or liquor? Wow. I might have to pick one of each. Dessert, <laughs> anything with ice cream on it. Anything with chocolate and ice cream. What did we had that big cookie the last yeah. time we were out to eat in Indy? Oh, that yeah, that thing was insane. It was like a giant melted cookie with vanilla ice cream, ice cream, on, cream on it. Yeah, that yeah, was pretty cool. Liquor. Yeah. Oof. I mean, I'll get crazy with the boys. Let's do a shot of Patron. Why not? All right. Um, so for beer for me, I, my favorite beer in the world is a Boulevard Wheat. But like Mello said, the draft is long and I want as much consumption as possible. So I'm actually going to take Coors Light. Because I, I like Coors Light. I'm one of those weirdos. You've been drinking it a lot lately. Yeah. And like I can drink a lot of it. And mm -hmm. I don't feel like bloated or heavy. So Coors Light. For my entree, I'm actually going to go with Connor. Because Melo, I will reheat a steak. <laughs> nope. Scratch that. Nope. 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 No. I want the sausage from Honey Fire. Oh, God. Yeah. That's what I want. The <laughs> sausage from Honey Fire is still the best food I've ever eaten in my life. So that's my entree. We might have been drunk, but I'm pretty sure we ate it like cold. No, I heated Just, it up. I cooked lunch for you guys. The okay. Next day. You're so drunk, you don't remember. Nope. Yeah, that but is I correct. cooked for you. <laughs> um, my appetizer, guess what? I want the wings from Honey Fire. That's how good they were. Like, I swear to you, this food was amazing. <laughs> what kind of wings were they? They're, so it was like almost like good a dry ones. rub. 
So they didn't have a okay. sauce, but it was like a Goodness. honey chipotle dry rub. It was okay. so if they were good the next day. I'll take your word so, for it. Yeah, we got to get you there. And then for dessert or liquor, uh, Connor and Jesse and Whiskey and I went out in New York a couple weeks ago, and we went to a restaurant called Keen's, which is like really cool. Oh. And I don't know if you remember this, Connor, but when it was time for dessert, everybody's like, oh, like, should I get dessert or a drink? And I was like, you know what, dude? They had a they had like an espresso martini. And then I yes. also got um, I had champagne, an espresso martini, and I still had wine in front of me. So I'm going to take a liquid dessert and just do that again. So I mean, why not? I was set up and I did eat a little of the dessert. I'm not a big dessert person. I'm really not either. You wouldn't a know that looking there. at my body type. Uh, but I don't, I'm not like a sweet yeah, guy. It's like the nacho talk. Clued everybody <laughs> in there. Like, hey, nachos. it's all salt. Yeah. <laughs> Just right. pumping through these veins or yeah. sludging through these veins, whatever you want to say. All right. Last question for the whole night. In honor of the Masters, which prospect, which 2019 draft prospect, would you want to play a round of golf with? Mm. So I have some like obvious guys that I've talked about Foster Moreau, Chase Winovich. I feel like Foster Moreau might take it too serious and we would find out that he's like a great golfer yeah. and I would just be stuck on the course all day like this fucking guy's so good. What am I doing here? But I think me and Chase Winovich could have one hell of a time just crushing beers and crushing balls, man. Crushing beers, crushing We should do a celebrity, or not celebrity, a, a charity <laughs> golf tournament and call it that. Yeah, I'm down but for it. Should be the, it should be top golf. Yeah. Just so we can, I mean, you could still... Play yeah. regular golf and drink. It's just such a long fucking day. Yes. And I know people that listen to this that love and live golf. Like, I get it. I used to play when I didn't live in the city, but I don't know. Our I, buddy I, uh, Mel Kuyper Sr. is always tweeting about golf. Like, that might be the listener that I want to play Dalton golf with. plays all the yes, time, Yes, both of them. Like, those, I hope those two have met. If they haven't, we yeah, need, they to, need to look that up. It'll be another uh, stick-to-football match made in heaven. Yeah, like, uh, do you see old Ruben met up with Tommy Tanker? Yeah, it's just random people right? meeting all over Three the Three best friends like Dan Barnes and <laughs> Ant the Oreo. Uh, I'm actually going to take Devin White because I think he would take it about as seriously as I do, and we would just have fun. We would probably just race go-karts. <laughs> or golf carts. I was gonna say, like, what are you guys? <laughs> no, doing? we're taking go karts out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I just think we'd have fun, or we would take his horse and use it instead of the golf cart. Yeah, something. Just put your clubs. I in the was back. just gonna yeah. say, I'll take Ed Oliver, and we'll just ride horses instead yeah. of driving the golf cart. <laughs> who would be a crazy driver, though? Like, who would you go golfing with in the strap class that you don't want driving the cart? Ooh. Kyler Murray because he couldn't see over the steering wheel. <laughs> oh my god, dude! <laughs> I just Got that him. was like the D that was the D Wade and LeBron alley oop, but like with our heads photoshopped on it. <laughs> uh, it like, and Kyler Murray was the ball. Yeah. It was <laughs> god. Good. Get the BR team working on that one right now. He's yeah. never going to be on this show, and it's not that we wouldn't. <laughs> we would love to have Kyler Murray on this show. He would never probably want to ever come on. I was surprised but. we got Cody Ford. I think that maybe he was cool he as shit, though. <laughs> yeah, he was cool. And we started a fight, so that was great. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. All right. Uh, yeah, that's our show. All right, we will be back, all three of us, Monday morning for Mock Draft Monday. Uh, we also have a special guest, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, is going to be joining us, so that's going to be a fun cool. one as well. He and I had a blast talk. He's, I know he went to Stanford, so this goes without saying. He is very intelligent. It's been a trend. Those Stanford guys. Yeah, right? Michigan, Stanford. Yeah. LSU. Yeah. Yeah. We got some smart ones in the building, <laughs> but we have had some fun. Uh, don't forget, leave that five star review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Look us up in the BR app because it's almost draft. 
draft time, boys, and uh, it's going to get wild. So we're going to have some fun, and we'll talk to you all real soon.